Hi everyone, welcome back to Advantage Podcast. Today I have on my podcast Abby. Um, give a bit of background detail about yourself, where you played, wh- how, why you got into tennis, um, and a little bit of background detail about yourself. Yeah, so um, I played a bunch of different sports growing up. Um, when I was around eight years old, we moved to Florida, and that's where I kind of chose to do tennis my parents put me in it Um, my dad works in college athletics so Mm -hmm. he's been around pretty much every sport um so he thought it would be great for I have an older sister she's a year older than me so he put both of us in tennis and I loved it um so I've been playing since I was eight and then started playing tournaments maybe around 10 Mm -hmm. um Yeah, and then I just played juniors in Florida, and then I knew I wanted to stay in Florida for college just because I love it, Mm -hmm. so I started looking around at different colleges that kind of fit my level that I would be um, playing at and Mm -hmm. just reach out to the coaches, did some visits, and then I ended up choosing Southeastern University in Lakeland, so yeah. Uh, I love the bear, and he's really kind of the main uh, reason that I really love. Also, it's a great, it's a Christian. I I love that about it. Um, the level was perfect. It's about three hours from my house, so just worked out great. And then I played there three years, just finished in uh, May. Okay, super. Yeah. Oh, super, and. Was there any, like, highlights that you have of it or just kind of things that you did with the team that kind of uh, made that experience all that more enjoyable, as you were saying? Yeah, um, definitely probably my favorite experience we had was we took a trip to New Orleans. Um, Yeah, yeah, it was was really cool. Uh, So we were ranked – when I came into the program – we weren't even ranked so yeah so we were not not top 25 we're an NAIA school um so we weren't ranked and then my freshman year we finished I want to say 24 25 somewhere around there my second year playing we this was the year we went to New Orleans Mm -hmm. um we ended up we were supposed to play some higher-ranked schools, and they got canceled. So, like, my coach sent an email one night, and mm-hmm. I think it was, like, a Sunday night. And he was like, yeah, Tuesday morning at, like, 5 a.m., we leave to New Orleans. And we had no idea this this wasn't on our schedule, but okay. he was just to play ranked schools. So, it was totally out of the blue, and it ended up being, like, probably my favorite trip we took. And we... We had some great matches, and it got us into nationals for the first time in program history. So, oh wow, cool, yeah. Oh wow, and and what was that kind of like getting into the uh, nationals? How was how was that as an experience as well? Yeah, that was. I mean, that was so cool. Just it being our first time, it was a new experience for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we ended up winning first round, which was awesome. So that was really cool. And yeah, it was just a great experience just to even be there and then to 
Zero win in the first round was awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah, I bet that that's quite an experience in itself. Um, yeah. But um, what was it, it like in terms of the NAIA kind of system? Because I, I went to an NCAA um, Division Two. Um, and I I don't know quite what the differences are. Maybe you could enlighten us on, on that kind of maybe the differences, if you know what those differences are. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty similar as far as um, the rankings and everything. But mm-hmm. for us, I think it's different. Like if you I'm not sure for you guys, like if you win your conference tournament, like you automatically get into nationals. Um, But there's 24 teams that go to nationals. Mm -hmm. So if you're, say you're number 24 Mm -hmm. or 25, which is about where we were before the New Orleans trip, um, you have a chance of getting knocked off because there might be a, a random team that's unranked but won their conference so they'll be able to get in so okay that makes yeah so that's kind of why like you it's a tough position to be (laughs) at the bottom of the rankings so because you might get knocked out by by a school that might be a lot um less talented okay so and what what was a day in like the life of Abby and, and like college tennis, what did that look like in terms of like your scheduling? <laughs> Crazy. Okay. <laughs> it was super busy. Um, but I'm sure, I mean, I know every college athlete feels mm. that, but <laughs> yeah. So we, we had practice from two to four every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that wasn't too bad. It was pretty hot though, <laughs> being yeah. in Florida. Um, but yeah, I would just, I usually had my classes um, in the mornings. And then when I didn't have class in the mornings, um, my coaches would do, we could do, we could either hit with our teammates or we could hit with our coaches and they were super available all the time to hit in the mornings. So that was great. And then, yeah, we would do classes, lunch, practice, and then, um, yeah, homework, study, yeah. hang out with yeah. friends. Yeah. But yeah, it was pretty much same same daily routine for my whole college career cuz you know, you know how it is being a college athlete, but Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. It's always the same thing, the same routine, and I guess that's quite good in a way. Um I don't know what you've felt like kind of stepping away from it for for a little bit if it's kind of changed your routine at all or if you're kind of implementing various things that you did while you were at college as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. So when I played my last match, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously it's super emotional Yeah, and it was really hard for me. And I think because I started a little bit later mm-hmm. and I, I really didn't become like, I never thought I would be able to play college tennis until I was about 15 was kind of a turning point for me. Okay. So it was pretty late um, Mm -hmm. compared to a lot of players, Mm -hmm. but so I never really got burnt out. Like I still love it. I, I hit this morning actually. Yeah. Um, But so for me, it was definitely like I could have played 10 more years. Like I love it so much. So it was really hard for me to leave, but 
now I'm coaching at an academy, so I'm able to hit. Um, I do that three times a week, so I'm still on court, which is I think great for me because I didn't want to, you know, step away completely. But yeah, just trying to um, stay in the gym, stay fit, and now I'm working, so just trying to keep a routine and and stay busy because I'm so used to having that. Yeah. schedule that no, it's no, absolutely. Off time. Is, absolutely yeah. absolutely is there like any hobbies or activities you kind of do away from tennis that kind of maybe you go to and then you come back and you actually feel maybe like mentally refreshed I know for me sometimes it was like going on a walk or just having chats with friends or even like doing some cooking from time to time just to kind of get my mind away was there anything that that you used to do that or you still do that kind of takes you away but then brings you back into focus yeah I mean for me like I love the beach and I think Mm -hmm. that's why I stayed in Florida so anytime I can I'm I'm trying to go to the beach so just going with friends and hanging out it's probably my favorite thing to do and Mm -hmm. back home I live 20-30 minutes from the beach so anytime my friends want to go yeah I'm there but that's probably my favorite thing and then honestly like lifting for me like going to the gym is is my time alone and it's really a nice time to kind of get away so yeah oh nice and in terms of like teammates did you have quite um like American teammates my team was quite like international I think we only had during my time there, which was about four years, we had two or three Americans during the whole time there. Was your team quite American or was it quite like from all over? Yeah, so we usually had a couple of Americans, which was I loved. We had a great mix, but we definitely mm-hmm. had majority internationals the whole time. Okay. Um, but it was really cool to learn about all different cultures. We had people's south american europe mm-hmm. um we had a girl from serbia we had all all around the world so it was really cool to to learn about all their cultures and we all got to know like they came here and learned about our culture and then mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah my closest friend on the team uh she was my roommate for the last two years she was from italy so we got very close and it was really nice to just like learn, learn about, you know, the differences and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Okay, nice. And in terms of like, were there certain leaders in the team um, that did like certain jobs? Um, I know in my kind of like last two years, some role, some of like this more senior people in the teams kind of had like slightly different leadership roles I know one of mine was more kind of like the off-court stuff than someone else was more like kind of their pep talk before the match that sort of thing was there specific roles within the team or did it kind of just interchange um, from time to time yeah so we had um, two captains this past year and then one captain uh, the years before that and those were voted by us okay so we just anonymous our coach and then voted 
um, on the captains, which was cool because it wasn't really him assigning it. It was kind of our our point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, and people who just kind of are naturally leaders yeah. and, you know, aren't appointed, but they do, you know, people look to them more. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, like um, with internationals, like it's not how it is here. Like as soon as you're 18, you go to college, you know, a lot of them started a little bit later and we had some girls that were, you know, 24, 25. Mm -hmm. So also with age and experience, you know, they can become leaders. So we definitely had that. And then my coach also, he assigned everyone like a job. Okay. So, you know, one girl led stretches before practice, one led stretches after, Mm-hmm. Um, I did social media. Okay. We had, we just had everyone kind of was assigned a job, which was cool. Okay. So we all kind of had some responsibility, which, which was cool. Yeah, that kind of cohesiveness to kind of bring different elements together. Um, right. Did you ever um, like have any struggles or injuries throughout your like tennis career or even college career as well? Um, I've I've had a few people on my podcast kind of talk about like stress induced problems that they had on a tennis court or like major injuries that set them back. Were there any that you had? Thankfully, no, I really mm-hmm. never had a terrible injury. I got a stress fracture this past December, okay. but thankfully it was kind of over our over Christmas break and stuff. So I got to I was like whatever but mm-hmm. it's only a couple of weeks and it really didn't affect um me really at all because I was I was taking time off anyways but yeah thankfully no big injuries so okay and in terms of like um even in terms of like the whole team and cohesiveness were there ever years where you would probably like try to implement maybe different things but you kind of either get um, maybe not the reaction you wanted from other teammates or or was it kind of always quite cohesive and like we're aiming towards one goal? Yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be problems on every team for sure, mm-hmm. especially with girls. Um, you know, there's always going to be people not really seeing eye to eye, um, especially I think with, cultural differences you know like people come from different backgrounds and just see things a little different Mm -hmm. our coaches were really great about you know when we would have problems you just kind of have a meeting or even we had some without the coaches you know just us kind of saying hey we all need to talk about you know the elephant in the room or whatever was going on at the time so there was definitely some some struggles there Mm-hmm. you're able to all address it and talk about it and move forward which I think was really great okay okay yeah no that sounds yeah I, I I've we were on I was on a, a guy like guys team in terms of like sometimes we'd kind of bicker but then it would always sort itself out right um, but yeah it kind of you don't really know until you kind of maybe are challenged to that certain point how people might react um but I do 
I do get where you're coming from, where you kind of have to almost say, like, look, guys, we have to speak about what the mm-hmm. problem is and kind of move forward with it, even though it might not sort itself out immediately, but it will it will in the in the long run. Um, right. And in terms of what's your kind of opinion about like women uh, sports in college? Is there anything you would want for it to like improve or things that might help like even grow the sport as well and as like tennis or or soccer or um, all the other sports that kind of go on? Um, is there anything in your mind that you would say like, oh, if we had this or maybe various other bits and pieces that they would make it better. Yeah. I mean, honestly for us, like I think there was very, it was really fair between um, men's and women's sports. There wasn't really too much, um, too many differences. Mm -hmm. So I think especially like experience, our school just did a great job of like, it was pretty fair between men's and women's, but definitely, like, I mean, it's a lot of people watch men's sports more than they do women's. Yeah. And which is, you know, kind of ine- inevitable. But mm-hmm. for us, like, I think it's cool because not many people watch tennis, especially at the NAIA level. Like, we didn't have too many crowds. Mm-hmm. But um, we would always try to, like, um, we partnered with Smoothie King, so we would have, like, we got these, like, little free smoothie coupons, so, like, first uh, 20 people to come to the free smoothie, stuff like that, mm-hmm. and uh, I would promote it on the social media, and then it would bring out people, so I think, like, doing stuff like that, for especially for the female sports that don't get as many people out there to support yeah. Like doing things that, you know, will make people want to come mm-hmm. and bring out the crowds. And we always had that and just, you know, especially like other teams, if, you know, we went and supported them, they would come just building those relationships. So, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I t- totally agree with what you say. I think I was kind of based in and around like, north georgia so i wasn't too far from florida and it is very hard i guess because it's maybe not like a national sport for people to come and watch if you're if your kind of courts are either off-site or um maybe it's not the there's a different fixture going on with like the basketball team or the 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 football team so it's kind of can we try and attract as many people as possible? And it it can be quite hard. Um, And in terms of just, is there like a defining moment for you on court that like you go, okay, uh, I could relive that moment over and over again. Yeah, there's, there's a couple. Um, One really big one for me personally, it wasn't, as much for the team but um we had a fall tournament and I won it and I hadn't won like a tournament since it was this past fall I hadn't won one since like juniors oh wow so 
it was really cool for me and just having like my team there and supporting me and they all like ran on court and they didn't have to be there like I was the last match there there was like no one left and my whole team was there like really happy for me and I'll never forget that moment just like for myself just kind of proving to myself you know that that's still possible and just having them there was really cool so yeah I'll definitely never forget that okay yeah that that's I I never managed to clinch a match within my four years but I do remember that the feeling of like running towards someone when they have clinched it or won a big title as well right Do do you have any aspirations to go any further with your tennis what's what's your goal um or is tennis kind of taking us slowly a little bit of a back foot? Yeah, I don't think I'll really compete <laughs> anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, like, still play and stay on court. And especially coaching, like, because I'm back home now, um, there's a lot of kids that I've trained for the past couple of years and families that I have good relationships with. So mm-hmm. I think just being able to, pass on what I've learned in the last 15 years and you know pass it to them is really cool and then I also have a younger sister she's 15 so she's playing tennis as well and just like helping her through her journey is really a cool thing for me okay and what that what kind of message or advice would you give someone like your sister wanting maybe to go to college and play tennis there or what what would be your kind of tip or advice I would say as far as to get your level the best that it can um Mm -hmm. hustling I mean I remember um just as soon as I could drive as soon as I got my license I was driving all around all the cities next to me, you know, hitting with kids, my level. And, you know, I would get up, my school would start at nine. I would get up at 6am to go hit an hour away and just doing everything I could to be on court. Mm -hmm. And it has to come from you. It can't come from your parents. It can't come from, you know, anything. It has to be intrinsic and, I think for me, like, it was never a question of, like, oh, is that too far of a drive or is that, you know, whatever. I would just do anything I could to to hustle and to just be on court and to get better. And I I know that's the only reason I was able to play college was because, you know, Mm -hmm. I pushed myself, you know. And I had amazing supportive parents that, you know, drove me to tournaments and, did anything I asked like they're such great parents but at the end of the day like it also has to come from you and I would say to any kid like go above and beyond like when no one's watching when there's no one there dragging you to practice like get on court you know get in the gym do Mm -hmm. sprints do whatever you have to do to to be better than your opponent when you step on court okay well that's that's a that's great advice. That's really great advice. I'd probably say something similar. My journey was probably slightly different 
compared to yours, mine was more, I kind of chopped and changed between different countries and different systems. And then mm-hmm. I kind of was in like, a, or almost an academy. So I had like players to pretty much train with. But yeah, it is kind of, can you push each other or um, yourself as far as possible to get the most out of yourself as well? Right. Um, so, yeah. um, and what would be, have, has your kind of mentality changed when you're coaching in terms of like the way you maybe look at the game? For sure. I mean, there was definitely times um, where I was getting frustrated or really down on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would always, a lot of times, because I didn't grow up, you know, in this amazing academy or, you know, mm-hmm. being homeschooled for tennis or whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, I really thought I couldn't catch up because I didn't have quite those opportunities. Yeah. Um, so I think just like making sure to always like stay positive is really important. And I'll see kids kind of, you know, getting frustrated on court. And I definitely wish I could go back and now like that I'm done. I'm like, you know, this practice set up, you know, at practice, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Just kind of have fun with it and, you know, have a good mindset. Cause you know, those moments are going to be gone eventually and you're going to wish you could go play that set again and just smile, you know, yeah. just have a good time and try your best. Cause there's no point in, in being down on yourself or talking negatively to yourself. Okay. Yeah, no, to- totally. Um, well, thank you so much for for coming on and giving such great advice and giving us a little bit of insight into like NAIA schools as well and how that all works. I didn't even know that um, 24 teams get in. I think it changes at the NCAAs, like either 16 or 32. So thank yeah. you for kind of explaining that as well. Yeah, of course.